0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu podcast. This episode of the Bearstalk Underground is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or in social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink but without the vowels, so S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let out the funk. What's up, guys? Week four of the NFL season for 2022 officially in the books with the 49ers uh, beating the Rams and therefore the Rams letting me down. But I should have known better. Like I I known that San Francisco's kind of had LA's number Uh, McVay's record against the 49ers is not good. And I went against that anyway and figured that the Rams would win and they were decimated actually. So uh, I did not get my double digit win total this week, but I did finish nine and seven. So I'm able to, uh, Put a little more distance between uh, myself and below 500 um, uh, f- for the season uh, thus far so anyway well, let's go ahead and uh, start getting these uh, games recap close the book on week four so we can get ready for week five and everything else uh, in between so this is the week four NFL review episode of the Bears talk underground so let's get to it So the week started off with a familiar omen that has been bad for me uh, thus far. It's like my success has been determined by how the Thursday night game goes. And uh, it did not get off to a good start because I thought the Dolphins uh, would be able to uh, beat the Bengals uh, with the Bengals kind of being unreliable. And, you know, like they should be, they should have been 3-0 and going into this game. And they were 1-2 because uh, they dropped the first two games uh, of the season. Uh, And instead, it was the Bengals who showed up to play uh, in their uh, pretty sick all-white unis. That was a pretty good look. I like that a lot, actually. Um, And while they were in there and decked in all-white, they looked like the defending AFC champions. You know, the offensive line uh, seems to be gelling because it protected uh, Joe Joe Burrow. He wasn't under fire, and this is a very good Miami Dolphin uh, defense. He went 20 for 31, 287 and two touchdowns but the story of the game obviously was uh Tua to Tungabaloa. He was uh seen being, you know, kind of shaky uh in the game 4 days earlier against the Bills. Uh con- cleared uh, concussion protocol, went back in the game and started on Thursday. Well, he kind of got ragdolled on a sack and the first thing that hit the ground was his head and he did that thing that um, you know you often see in in UFC events when somebody gets knocked out cold is their arms go stiff in a way. And, uh, you know, Tua looked like that, he was carted off the field, taken to a local hospital, uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, he was released and was able to fly home, uh, with his team. And I think they've already ruled him out, uh, for this, uh, Sunday's game, uh, for the dolphins. Um, Teddy Bridgewater came in, in, in relief and played admirably, but, uh, uh, you know the Dolphins' defense could not stop the uh, the Bengals, uh, as they, um, I think it was it was twenty to fifteen. So the Dolphins were within striking distance, and um, there was a turnover. Teddy Bridgewater hung one up and it got picked off, and the Bengals took that one back, uh, or drove it back, I should say, for a touchdown. Uh, Hayden Hurst scored for the Bengals, and that put the game out of reach, twenty-seven to fifteen. Uh, gives me the, brings the Bengals even at two and two. The Dolphins lose their first game, they're three and one. I take the loss as well, so I am 0-1 for week four. Uh, London Sunday morning, 8 a.m. out here in the central time zone. um, The uh, Vikings and the Saints met up in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and uh, the Vikings and Saints uh, went back and forth quite a bit. Uh, especially in the fourth quarter, four lead changes in the final nine and a half minutes. Two in the last minute fifty-one. Uh, Greg Joseph for the uh, Vikings hitting a game winner from forty-seven with about twenty-four seconds to go. But what was really interesting was Will Lutz from the Saints hit a sixty-yarder um, with um, with that minor, with that one fifty-one to go uh, in the game to tie it at twenty. And then uh, after Joseph for the Vikings made his field goal, the Saints actually got it in the field goal range again, this time from 61, and he had enough leg, but he doinked it off the, uh, it was actually a double doink. And I was kind of annoyed because as a Bear fan, you see another, you see a double doink, obviously you have, you know, you have night terrors and flashbacks to that horrible Horrible moment, but what was really annoying me is that the announce team wouldn't say the words. They would say, you know, off the upright and then off the crossbar. I was like, it's a double doink. Say it. Say double doink. Say it. They wouldn't say it. But uh, they finally did when they got in the studio. They finally started calling it a double doink, but uh, not in the moment, and I was bothered by that. <laughs> but, um, you know, with the uh, with the miss, the uh, the Saints uh, fall to the Vikings 28-25. Uh, the Vikings 3-1 going into this matchup with the Bears on Sunday, which I'm personally not looking forward to. I think the Saints are 1-3. I think they've lost all three of their games since winning week one against the Falcons, and they had to come from behind uh, to do that. Speaking of the Falcons, well, by the way, I got the pick right, so I'm 1-1. One one. Uh, Falcons and Browns in Atlanta. I really thought Cleveland was going to be, uh, the better team here and, and come away with the win even without miles Garrett who was out because of his uh, uh car accident uh, injuries um but it's like I, I was watching the highlights of the game and the the browns pretty much lost it right off the bat they had an opening drive all the way they get the ball all the way down inside the five yard line they go for it on fourth down and they come away with nothing uh no field goal no touchdown no nothing. It's empty handed. And then the Falcons go on a 10 0 run after that, including a uh, Cordero Patterson touchdown run. But the Browns were able to tie it at the half. Um, but it just, uh, in the end, it wasn't enough. Uh, Young Koo, the, the kicker for the Falcons, was three for three, including the game winner from 45 with 2.28 to go. Uh, and on their uh, drive to either tie or take the lead, Kobe Brissett was uh, picked off. Uh, by the Falcons' secondary, so they come up short, twenty-three to twenty. I take the loss on this one, so I am one and two now. So we head off to the NFC East: Cowboys and Commanders in Dallas. The uh, Commanders wearing the the all-black alternative uh, uniforms, and I watching the highlights. I, I went back and forth with uh, whether or not I love or hate. These uniforms, because all black is 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 a pretty decent look, but the, the the like the the colors of the of the numbers didn't really work for me. It's something it was not it quite right. So it, it kind of falls in between love and hate, somewhere in the middle. I just but it's yeah I could if they didn't do it again I wouldn't mind. So but it just yeah. Um, but Carson Wentz, this uh, his offensive line took better care of him. Uh this week he was sacked 9 times last week against the Eagles only sacked twice this week but he threw two interceptions so not helping his own cause very much and Cooper Rush who only wins football games all he does is win games 15 of 27 223 and two touchdowns and another W 3 and 0 a starter well, you know Dak Prescott 0 1 on the year Cooper Rush 3 and 0 as the starter for the Cowboys as they down the Commanders 25 to 10 Got that one right, so I'm 2-2 two and two on the week. And then probably the game of the week, the Seahawks and the Lions. That'll teach me to pick the Lions to win a game because <laughs> uh, mistakes plague uh, the Lions. Missed extra points. Uh, Goff, who ended up throwing for 378 and four touchdowns, threw a pick six uh, in this one. And then the defense uh, for the Lions, Gave up long touchdown runs to Rashad Penny on 3rd and 5. Uh, or a 3rd and 5 and 3rd and 16, actually. When you're running the ball on 3rd and 16, you're just trying to... You're, you're running out that play. There's really no play in the playbook for 3rd and 16. So you're, you're doing what you can, getting as many yards as you can. If you get a first down, great. If not, then we'll punt and try again next time uh, kind of thing. Instead, kid ran it all the way in for a touchdown... And then third and five with about three minutes to go, he runs through the line. Not only does he get the first down, he hauls it all the way in for a touchdown. Put the um, put the Seahawks up ten uh, with about two fifty or so to go uh, in the ball game. At that point, it was forty eight to thirty eight, and um, you know Geno Smith went nuts in this one three twenty and two touchdowns. Rashad Penny one hundred fifty one yards rushing and two. Touchdowns. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson was probably the player of the game for the for the uh, Lions. 179 yards receiving eight on eight catches and two touchdowns. The teams combined for nearly 1,100 yards and two punts, both of which came from Detroit. Seattle never punted uh, in this game. I mean, it was it was uh, a crazy back and forth. I mean, and the Lions again. They've, they uh, were able to get it within a field goal. They scored a touchdown after that last Rashad Penny touchdown. They went for the onside. They almost got it back. But, uh, you know, the, the fact that they fell so far behind in the first half is what really, really killed them. It's like I'm, I'm kind of sticking to the statement that I presented last week. If the Lions ever figure out how to play all 60 minutes, they're going to be a problem. You know, they're a tough out. You know they're still holding true to that, but you know they have these lapses in these games where all of a sudden they go back to being the old lions for a quarter and a half, and they fall behind twenty-four to nine in the first half uh, to the to the uh, Seahawks uh, and everything. If they can ever figure out how to prevent those things uh, from happening, they're going to start winning football games. But if if they keep having these lapses, when you score forty-five points, you're not supposed to lose. And, uh, you know, they were uh, they lost 48.45. I thought the Lions had this one. tried to put a little faith in them because they play so tough. The Seahawks, uh, having not played all that great leading up to it, coming off a loss to the Falcons uh, and everything. But they showed up, no punts, 48 points. They take the dub back to Seattle with them. I take the loss, so I'm what two and three uh, at this point. Here comes another one. I let the Colts (laughs) pull the wool over my eyes uh, with their win last week over the Chiefs thinking that they would be able to defend their home turf against the Titans Uh, because this is basically where the AFC South runs through one of these two teams is usually on top of it and um, you know the Titans barely came away with the win last week against the Raiders uh, at home after having you know, choked in, in week one against the Giants, and then were decimated by Buffalo week two. I thought maybe the Colts had turned a corner by getting that win uh, over the Chiefs, but I'm looking at the ticker during the Bear game, and I see the Titans are off to a 24 to lead. <clears throat> excuse me, a 24 to three lead in the first half that they never really looked back from. You know, the Colts were able to get it up to 24 uh, 17, but couldn't get any closer due to three turnovers, two interceptions from, uh, no, uh, an interception and a fumble from Matt Ryan and a fumble from Jonathan Taylor that nixed uh, scoring opportunities. Like they were, I think they were all in Titan territory and they were turned away because uh, of these uh, of these mistakes. So they were their own worst enemy and the Colts have only won one of their last six games. The game they won last week against Kansas City. So that's the last two games of last year, which if they had won One of them, they go to the playoffs and three of the four games this year. So things are not looking good out there in Indy with uh, Frank Reich and company. And I believe Jonathan Taylor even left the game injured with an ankle uh, injury. So, you know, he's probably day-to-day and want to keep an eye on him uh, for next week. Bears and Giants in New York. We already know how I feel uh, about this one. The Bears passing game was better, but it was – it's a low bar to clear, quite frankly. Uh, Lauren Cox, our great friend from Locked On Bears, uh, had a tweet saying that when Fields had a clean pocket, he was 10 of 14 for 168 yards. The, tragedy, the The real tragedy there is that overall he was 11 for 22 for 174 yards. So that means when he was under duress for the other eight plays, he was one for eight for eight yards while you know he was underneath somebody or you know it happened so many times when he tried to when they tried to boot him and he just couldn't get around the corner on the defender cuz the defender just keep just kept coming uh, i talked about that at length on in the review episode yesterday but um you know he uh when he has a clean pocket 10 for 14 168 yards can't complain with that but um the bears just weren't really able to get anything going offensively they just could not finish the drives they settled for four field goals three of them were in the red zone and actually the fourth one was um was just outside the red zone i mean he didn't our our kicker uh michael badgley who I, i believe is is getting released uh today uh unfortunately for him um he uh he hit all four of those field goals. And I think the furthest one he had to hit was from maybe 30 yards out. So it's, uh, it's not a, it wasn't a, we weren't asking much of him. He did everything we asked him to do, but uh, you know, in the end it was Barkley and Jones that killed the bears. Jones finished the game with a bum ankle. Um, so we'll, we'll uh, keep an eye on him and what he's uh, he'll be able to do going forward. And true to this, to, to the way this team plays, they were in it till the end, down 20-12. to uh, Ibraflus playing not to lose runs Khalil Herbert into a brick wall of humanity on third and two. We end up punting instead of going forward on fourth down even though we were in Giant territory. We pin the Giants deep. We stop them. We force a punt. And then Velas Jones, who we've been waiting to see all season long, muffs the punt. The Giants recover. Ball game. That's it. It was over after that. So not a good showing by the Bears where basically nothing they did looked good. It was like even if they had won, this would have been what I call another yeah but" victory. You know, We won last week against the Texans. Yeah, but we looked awful against one of the worst teams in the league, and you know, barely beat them at the end uh, of the ball game. I know the W is the only thing that matters, but holy hell, it was way too much drama for playing the Texans. And uh, you know it would have been the same thing with with this ball game. Yeah, we came back and won, but boy, that game was a mess. There's a lot of work to do with this team, and I think we we as bear fans just need to wrap our head around the fact this is going to be a long season until Ryan Poles can get uh, get the horses in place for this team to actually go somewhere. So I pick the Bears. I take the loss. So I'm what two and four now? I think. Eagles and Jags, this thing got off to an interesting start. Uh, starting with a pick six of Jalen Hurts for 59 yards to give the Jags an early 7 0 lead. Then they actually come back down uh, on their ensuing drive after that and put another one in the end zone to start 14 0 on Philly in Philly. Uh, you know, Doug Peterson's return uh, to Philly since he was uh, let go after the 2019 uh, season. But uh, the, the I don't know what it is about Philly in the second quarter. They scored all 24 points uh, of, uh, against the commanders last week in the second quarter. They won the second quarter against the Jags on Sunday, 20 to nothing. So they were down 14, nothing early. They were up 20 to 10, 20 to 14 at halftime. They end up sacking uh, Lawrence four times and held the Jaguars to only 219 yards of total offense and just over 20 minutes time of possession. You know, they really kept a ball uh, out of Trevor Lawrence and company's hands. And in the end, that was the difference. The Eagles win 29-21. They had me sweating it there uh, in the beginning, but uh, they come away with the win, moving me up to three and four. Moving on to the Jets at the Steelers. There's trouble in paradise, folks. Mike Tomlin might be looking at his first losing season as a head coach. He's had a couple of 500 seasons um, with them, including last year when they went eight, eight and one. I believe that's technically five hundred. Maybe actually being a little bit better, but uh, after eking out a win over the Bengals week one, they haven't won again. Uh, they lost to the Patriots. Uh, I think week two and remember who it was. Uh, oh, and they beat the. They lost to the Browns last week, and they they lose again here. This time to the Jets. Um, Kenny Pickett replaced Trubisky in the second half. Uh, Trubisky went 7 for 13, 84 yards and an interception and was sacked three times in the first half. Pickett went 10 for 13, 120 yards, three picks, but had two rushing touchdowns. So there was some spark he was able to provide the offense, get them down into uh, scoring range, and he ran, runs them in to, to make it interesting. But the uh, the Jets uh, were were too much in this one. Zach Wilson making his uh, regular season Uh, Debut after suffering that little uh, knee bru like for um, the same knee injury that Andy Dalton had for the Bears week two last year that uh, where you see his knee buckle it looks like the worst but ends up just being a really bad uh, bone bruise Wilson making his debut went eighteen for thirty six so not great but for two fifty two and two touchdowns including a touchdown catch Barry and Barros uh, throwing a two yard catch. Uh, Pass to the to the quarterback for the touchdown. Who did the gritty to celebrate? Uh, The Jets take the win, twenty four to twenty, over the Steelers. And uh, no word yet on whether or not Kenny Pickett is going to be the starter uh, for Week Five, or if it's going to go back to Mitch. Because there's, you could look at it either way. You know, Mitch did not perform well. Only eighty four yards on seven of thirteen in the first half. Was sacked three times, but the rookie threw three picks. That definitely hurt them. So are we going to let the rookie work through it? Are we going to put the veteran back in there to, uh, you know, show them how, I guess, I don't know, but, um, Steelers take the loss. So I take the loss three and five, I believe is where we're sitting now, Baltimore and Buffalo, the Ravens hosting the bills. And again, you know, I'm sitting there looking at the ticker and I'm just getting pissed because all my picks got behind early Philly got down early 14, nothing, um, the Colts and the uh, and the Titans, Seattle jumping out early on on Detroit. I was like, man, this losing this Thursday game is really, really a bad omen for me, man. I mean, it's like all of my picks are down and down big in the first half because uh, even this one, the Ravens up twenty to three in the third quarter, or excuse me, in the second quarter in the first half. But uh, Buffalo goes on a run, essentially shuts the Ravens out for the rest of the. Uh, ball game with uh, the the Buffalo kicker Tyler Bass kicking a 21 yarder as time expired to break the 2020 tie, give the bills the 23 to 20 win. And I believe I heard this is five straight losses for the Ravens in Baltimore, which is kind of unprecedented because at a time this is one of the toughest places in the league to win a football game. So the Ravens had a true home field advantage but uh, not for the last part of uh, last year and the start of this year. I mean, and, and what really sucks for the for the Ravens, especially for Ravens fans, I'm sure, is that they've had big leads in both their home games so far this year, that they had a huge lead over the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago and then a 20-3 to lead before the half uh, against the Bills uh, this week and uh, watched them both disappear and come away with losses. So... The Ravens got some uh, work to do to tighten up the uh, ship. The Bills were able to bounce back from their loss to the Dolphins last week. They're uh, three and one, and with the um, I was going to say it puts them in first place with the Dolphins' loss, but the Dolphins have the tiebreaker, so that's not true. But the Bills win, so I get the win four and five. I believe where we sit now. Chargers and Texans. I didn't really have to give this one much thought. Uh, I did not think much of the Texans. As a matter of fact, I was very upset. That the Bears struggled as much as they did to beat the Texans uh, last week. Fully expected the Chargers to be able to bounce back from their loss to the Jaguars to take out the Texans, and sure enough, they did. Austin Eckler scored two of his three touchdowns in the first half to give the Chargers a 27 to seven halftime lead. But again, I'm sitting there watching the ticker, and I'm watching this lead disappear. The Texans got it all the way to 27 24 midway through the fourth quarter. But Eckler delivered his uh, the killer blow with his third and final touchdown, a 14-yard catch with about two and a half minutes to go, to uh, give the uh, the final score to, to set that one in stone. 34-24, Chargers uh, take the win. I think that bumps them up to two and two uh, on the season, and uh, the Texans are o two and O3 and one. Excuse me, o three and one. So still haven't figured uh, how to get the W yet. And, but uh, I mean, they rattled off 24 points that that would have won them the game last week in Chicago, but, uh, not enough to beat the chargers at home on Sunday. So I get the win that puts me at 500, five and five, I believe, I believe I'm keeping track of this well enough. <laughs> now we head out to Carolina, Arizona and the Panthers, um, game was tied at 10 at the end of three. So a little back and forth, uh, battle going on, but 16 fourth quarter points, for the visiting Cardinals was enough to get the win. Uh, Kyler Murray had two touchdown passes and a TD run in the winning effort to even Arizona's record at 2-2. Two and two. Carolina falls at 1-3, and three, and the quarterback controversy in Carolina continues as uh, Baker Mayfield has not exactly warmed himself to his new Carolina fan base, but Matt Rule uh, came out uh, today saying that Baker will, in fact, be the starter for Week 5 uh, this coming Sunday, so... He's got at least one more game and I, I don't know when Darnold might be coming back from his, from the injury he suffered right at the end of uh preseason before he becomes an option or if they wheel the rookie out there, I believe they, they drafted one of the quarterbacks. I want to say it's Matt Corral, but I also think that might be the one that went to Washington. I get them mixed up, but they drafted one of the quarterbacks in like the fourth or fifth round. So I think maybe he's the backup right now if Darnold isn't ready. So Maybe that's why they were hesitant to hand the keys over to the kid. But we'll see. Cardinals win, so I win 6-5. and five. We're above five hundred now. As we go to Lambeau, Patriots at the Packers. And um, honestly, this game was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I, I did not think the Packers would have this much trouble beating the Patriots. I know Belichick's a genius uh, and everything, but that only goes so far if you don't have the talent to, to back up these concepts and um, boy, man, he gave Rogers fits there in the first half. Uh, Rogers was four of 11 for 44 yards threw a pick six had 11.2 passer rating uh, in the first half. And the Patriots were up like 10, seven uh, at halftime, but he rebounded in the second half to finish with 252 yards on 21 of 35 and two touchdowns, including a 13 yarder to uh, Romeo Dobbs, the rookie that tied the game and to send it to overtime, and then uh they go back and forth uh in the overtime period, and uh Crosby was able to put it through the uprights as overtime expired to give the Packers the win. 27 to 24. So I got the pick right, but they had me sweating bullets over it because the Patriots uh came to play uh and good for them. But uh came up just short. They fall to one and three, the Packers go to three and one. It gives me the win, so I'm at seven and five. I don't know if this would consider be considered an upset. Uh, I think record-wise it definitely would be two and one versus three and oh. But um, you know, the I picked the Raiders to win. I think maybe some of you thought I was nuts to do that with how they'd played in the first few weeks. Something just told me they were going to be able to get it over uh, on the Broncos, and they did. Thirty-two to twenty-three. Josh Jacobs had 144 yards and score, scored scored uh, the Raiders' first and last touchdowns to push them over the Broncos and get Josh McDaniels his first win uh, as head coach. Uh, 23, I think, is the season high points wise uh, for the Broncos because their offense has been atrocious thus far. I mean, they won a game 11 to 10 last week against the 49ers. They beat the Texans like 17 to nine, and, and uh, they lost like 17 to 14 or something like that to the. Um, Seahawks. So yeah, this is the season high for them, uh, points wise. And yet it was a you know nine points short uh, of what the Raiders were able to put on the board. Devontae Adams over hundred yards receiving uh, in this ball game. And like I said, Josh McDaniels gets his first win as Raiders head coach. So he gets to keep his job for at least one more week. And um, the Raiders go to one and three. The Broncos fall to two and two on the season and they are really struggling uh, out there uh, in Denver Sunday night game. Oh, right. With the Raiders in the win, that puts me what? Eight and six. Yeah. Eight and six. And uh, let's see chiefs, Buccaneers, Sunday night football, the Buccaneers finally found their offense. They, they had all of their receivers back. Mike Evans coming off his suspension, Julio Jones, uh, Chris Godwin, all healthy enough to play. Uh, on Sunday night, and the result was Brady throwing for 385 and two to, uh, three touchdowns, two of which that went to Mike Evans who had 108 yards uh, on his return. But uh, uncharacteristically, Tampa took the night off on defense because they gave up 41 points to Mahomes uh, and company. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, – and Mahomes had one of those insane – uh, uh, plays to to that resulted in a touchdown, where I, like they were goal to go, uh, at the one or two yard line. Mah- Mahomes is running around the field like a chicken with his head cut off, being pursued by every Buccaneer defender on the team, <laughs> and just before he's about to uh, cross the line of scrimmage, he pulls up and literally like dips the ball over the top to um, Clyde edwards hilaire and results in a touchdown. It's like just one of those things where I don't know how many broken televisions, how many TVs survived for Buccaneers fans after that play, running around, and he's literally running into the arms of a defender and then just pitches the ball over the top at the last minute, and it's a touchdown. There had to be, you know, in unison, a million Buccaneer fans, like, you got to be kidding me when that happened, So I'm sure there was some far more colorful language added to that particular statement, but the sentiment was the same. But uh thankfully I picked the Chiefs. I thought their their offense would be a little too much or actually not even so much that their offense would be too much, but that the Buccaneers offense wouldn't be enough. And I didn't anticipate 41 to 31, but uh it I got the pick right. I picked the Chiefs. Makes me 9 and 6 going into the Monday night game. Chiefs 3 and 1, Buccaneers 2 and 2. Uh I believe. Yes, 2 and 2. And then finally, the Monday night game as we wrap things up here, 49ers at the hosting the Rams, and um, <laughs> for the second time this year, I ignored one of those. This team has the other team's number at their home stadium thing, like I did with Jacksonville and the Colts uh, earlier. Uh, I ignored it again that the uh, the 49ers usually play the Rams really tough and or beat them just about every time. Uh, even under Sean McVay and um, picked the Rams to win anyway. And the difference in the game was twofold. When I, the, the, the portions of the game that I, that I watched, I noticed two things. Number one, the Niners won the battle up front all night long on both sides uh, of the ball. Uh, they sacked Matt Stafford seven times and they were in his face. The other X amount of times that uh, he went back to uh, throw and the real difference in the game was that the 49ers converted their red zone opportunities. Um, They had that one outstanding play from Debo Samuel where he took like a four yard pass for 50 something yards and a, and a touchdown uh, in the first half. But I believe the Niners were two for two uh, in the red zone, as far as putting it in the end zone and the Rams settled for field goals all night. And there's your result in the score, 24, 49ers Rams, nine, and drops me to nine and seven uh, for the week. But the good news is, that puts me at 33, 30 and 1 for the season, um, so that one game above 500 is now three games above 500. So we'll see if I can improve uh, upon this as I still try to figure out uh, the NFL and, 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 you know, how these teams are performing this year. I used to be better at this, but to tell you the truth, I haven't really paid this close attention. Like, I'm always aware of what's going on, who wins, who loses, but the whys in everything, to, to, to steal a phrase from our former coach, Matt Nagy, the whys on, on why teams are winning and losing and things like that, uh, I wasn't really privy to. If, if it wasn't the Bears game, I wasn't really paying attention uh, kind of thing. So that's also why I'm, I'm doing this show now, is that I wanted to get back into, you know, having a deeper knowledge of the league outside of who's in first place, who's in last uh, and things like that. So this has been really fun and very helpful in, in doing that so that I can, um, be better, um, doing the show and, and all that kind of stuff. Cause I, I can't tell you how many times last year, especially when I would have a guest on the show to preview a matchup between our two teams. And I was learning about their season for the first time, as I'm talking to the person, looking at their schedule, their wins and losses. And, You know, maybe there was something I remembered from a highlight I saw or something like that, and I wanted to be a little bit more invested and know a bit more about our opponents going into these games. So that's why you got an NFL preview show now. So I have to pay attention to what's going on uh, with the league and the ins and outs, the whys, if you will, on uh, why one team won this particular game, even though the other, you know, the team they beat was the better team kind of thing, so... Uh, Anyway, guys, I think that is going to do it. Uh, Player of the week. We had several candidates here. Um, I mean, even in a losing effort, uh, T.J. Hawkinson, 179 yards on eight catches uh, in a losing effort for the Rams. Geno Smith, 320 and two touchdowns for the uh, Seahawks. Rashad Penny, 151 yards and two touchdowns for the, uh, the Seahawks. Michael Badgley being pulled off the street on a Friday and kicking four field goals for the Bears, just being a homer uh, on that one. Uh, but in the end, I think I'm going to go with Rashad Penny because though not only did he have an outstanding, like a career-high day, 151 yards, but both of those touchdowns that he ran came in very, very critical moments. It was, they were moments where the Lions defense just had to make the stop, and not only did he get the first down, especially that one on third and 16. Not only did he get the first down, but he took it to the house. You know, that last one on third and five with about three minutes to go, he breaks right through the line of scrimmage, Got never got touched. The next thing you know, it's a 10-point deficit. And even though the Lions were able to score a touchdown to make it a three-point game, that touchdown that Penny had scored was the killer. So I'm going to go with Rashad Penny this week, player of the week for week number four. And that's going to do it. For the week before Week Four NFL review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, come back on Thursday when our good friend Chris Gates from the Daily Norseman will join us to help us preview Bears Vikings in Minnesota for Week Number Five. I mean, that's going to be weird seeing them play in the Metrodome and early and early in the season instead of late December, early January to close out the year. I'm sure there will be plenty of you know jabs about that going on. But um, come back on Thursday and uh, we'll preview uh, Bears-Vikings for Week 5. And until then, my name is Larry D., and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.